Welcome to the Conscious King Podcast with Miss LX. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in again to the Conscious King Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Miss LX, and we got another round of amazing questions tonight. We're starting with Huxley. And uh, we're going to be talking, I think, more pet play with Huxley. So what's going on, Huxley? How can I help you out today? Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, so kind of starting with pet play, but moving on into other dynamics. Um, so this is a newer dynamic for me, um, a new submissive that I've been working with who is a platonic friend. So this is a new dynamic for me. There is not a sexual dynamic as part of it. And I haven't really explored a dynamic without sex or sexual um, acts as part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is a new one for me of how to develop a dynamic that is going to benefit both of us because it's a trusting, secure relationship and in, in a place that we can both explore and practice our skills in. Um, so, for example, the other day, um, had him over to shine my boots. Um, so that was a really great bonding moment where we could connect and chat and he could be in service to me in a way that um, gave him a lot of good submissive energy and me some good dom energy so we had a really good thing going on there um so just wanting to chat with you about um other ways as we explore other scenes to create those kind of sexual boundaries yeah um to prevent any um, play because i mean everything in bdsm has you know has its flavors (laughs) and sometimes can um definitely go down those paths, but it doesn't always have to. And I think that's where I sometimes struggle as a dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not alone in that. I think, I think there is, and there has been a big um, misconception that BDSM is sex centric. And although there can be a lot of sex involved, um, BDSM at its core, really how I looked at it is the DS dynamic is that power exchange is that power dynamic. And so, if that's what you're talking about, then fundamentally speaking, we don't need to put any sexy things on our kinky plate. So my question for you is when, well, first of all, let me, let me ask you, how long have you been a friend with this person? About a year. Um, friendly and knowing of each other for several years, but this year um, we both uh, are on sobriety journeys together. So we've, become really good friends bonding over that and helping each other and you know it's just been a very natural um uh, relationship i guess and we've both you know expressed our our um our interest in bdsm and kink and we bond over that and it's just been evolving little by little to the point where like he had expressed that he was interested in puppy play so i was like well you know until you can find yourself a permanent handler how about i be your foster handler for a little bit and i can show you you know uh, some some things with that and so we've had scenes love that 
So, and I have a strict like no sex when it's when within um, pet play scenes. So that was a natural fit for us. Okay, great. But now you know we're exploring. He's definitely very much a masochist and wants to get his ass beat. And I've we've had this chat before. I love to beat an ass, but a lot of the times <laughs> for me, the next logical step is uh, something more sexual, yeah. and so struggling with how to set up a scene where we can both be getting what we want out of it in Mm -hmm. this case impact play but then still setting up those those boundaries of like okay this is it and i get right i just i sometimes have a hard time like with the scene setting and the scene structure um i think i tend to overthink Oh, it has to be like this great role play, and it has to be this, that, and the other thing. And I and I get caught in those perfectionist tendencies. Mm, okay, okay, all right. So we're trying to navigate this without going into a role play and without making it sexual. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Subway saying impact doesn't need to have any sexual at all. Yeah, absolutely. And and Huxley knows that. He knows that. But it's it's more of how do I shift my paradigm from engaging sexually as a dominant to having to think through some more sexual boundaries that I don't usually have or, you know, that, oh, are, that are new. Yeah. So I totally understand where you're coming from, my friend. So you already kind of started to answer my next question, which was when this friend came to you and well, not, you know, didn't come to you, but has this kind of developed between the two of you, whoever initiated it originally, when you guys have been talking and negotiating what is the why behind the what? Why does this friend want to be submissive to you or be a bottom in a scene with you? Is it just impact play that they're looking for? Is it just masochism? Like, is there anything else that they put on your radar? It's headspace, and it's the it's it's the classic, right? This is a, um, a high powered individual who has a lot of responsibilities in their daily life. And instead of being in boss mode all the time, wants to, you know, take that break and serve somebody. Yeah. Okay. So high levels of masochism and high desire for service submission. Okay. Okay. So really that in of itself gives you a ton of options like a ton of options so i guess my question is are you not seeing some of the creative ways that you can engage with him or is it that when you're processing some of these creative ideas you're running into well that would be really arousing and i don't know how to shut that sexual part down a little bit of both. Okay. I think on the first side of like the creative scene setting, in my head, when I think of like the scenes that I've had with Impact Play, it's like, oh, you've been a bad boy. Right, right, and right. I right. have to like, I have to get myself out of that, that it's like this person, I'm doing something that is bringing him joy and me joy. And can I just say, hey, come over for, for flogging practice? And I don't have to like overthink it more than that. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think, I think there is some middle ground there. But yeah, I think it's more toward what you just said. Because this is a friend and they're not looking to you as 
this is a dominant who I want to build deep levels of devotion and serve long term. The both of you have the understanding that this is kind of a foster dom situation, kind of an interim situation that we're both friends. We both trust each other. And this is an opportunity for us to each practice our respective skills. Right. So the goal in their mind is not role play sex. So if you're going role play sex is the only way to do it, you're going to limit yourself. Because that's not even what they're looking for. What you described is high levels of masochism, a high performer, highly dominant personality that needs to switch, that needs to get out of their head, that needs to feel like they can rest and they can release. That, if you tap into that, that would be it for me. So, for instance, how much contact do you guys have just day to day throughout the day? As far as like communication? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of, um, communication throughout the day. It's a lot of good mornings and good nights. We'll start the, you know, start and end the day and then, uh, chats throughout as far as, um, text messages and other, um, digital channels. Okay. Um, and then we do see each other several times a week. Um, most days we'll see each other at least once. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is, this is good that you have, um, this much contact with this person. So. If if your friend is wanting to get out of their head and more into their body and they're they're looking to you to do that, then I think a great way to add a, maybe another uh, ritual, just like the good morning and good evening text or something like that, would be maybe some like self-awareness check-ins and like emotional awareness check-ins. Like if he's just had a really shit day and is like at just hit the wall at a level 10 then that level of need and desire is all you need to build a scene around but if you know he's maybe at like a two or a three then the scene might not require some intense impact play and maybe that's the day for more service and communicating and negotiating and skill building so I would look at this very organically, Huxley, like one of the things that I've, I advise to my dominants to get them out of this kind of like preoccupied, anxious state where we're really struggling with creative ideas. You keep using the word scene. And I think that word has so many role play and sexual connotations for you that we need to use a different word. So why don't we use play? Mm -hmm. So don't think of this as you have to plan a scene for this person. But you are facilitating play. Does that, when you think about it that way, does that shift anything in your thinking, in your purview? A little bit. Um, my My brain went to practice or rehearsal practice well. or rehearsal can you can you kind of dig into that for me a little bit because i think one of the things i sh i'm struggling with is like in this in the play moment itself let's say i have my my beautiful new flogger i'm uncertain like what am i gonna do as far as 
verbal. Like, as I'm beating that ass, Mm -hmm. what do I need to be saying or what can I be saying? Mm -hmm. That's not, oh, you've been a bad boy. Daddy's going to punish you. Ah, Okay. 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 I got you. I got you. So in that that frame of mind, I would say it's going to be super organic and really the better that you can read the room, read the submissive and become attuned to yourself and how you're feeling, the more free you're going to feel in your domination. Like Slepoy is saying, have them count. And that's always a good one. You can have them count. But if you do that every time, it's going to be incredibly rote. And I don't like advising, oh, just have them count every time because it's going to get rote and it's going to become very, very boring very fast. And part of what the submissive is looking for as a highly masochistic switch who really needs to get out of their head is novelty, is not being able to plan or predict. So novelty is going to be a big weapon for you in a positive way. So spontaneity, novelty, keep them guessing. Do not let them have an end to your agenda is going to be huge, number one. But number two... When you're in the moment, and let's say if they're looking for high levels of pain, a flogger isn't going to really do it. I mean, yes, you can have more intense floggers, but floggers typically, even the really heavy ones, are really a lot of sensory elements to them. So if he's wanting intense play or intense pain, I apologize, intense pain, then choose your weapon accordingly. Choose. Yeah, switch the tools, all of that. Yeah. But if you can attune to yourself and like let's say you have let's say you have a, a cane out, one of those little beautiful rattan canes that are just You're making me smile. Right, okay. And it makes that nice little noise and it leaves that deliciously sharp as fuck sensation (laughs) and and that submissive like let's say they kind of buck up a little bit or try to like roll on their side a little bit they're giving you cues for the scene so it doesn't have to be where you plan a role play and you script it out if you see that that little masochist is like trying to hide their butt their butt cheeks from you because it's hurting, right now it's time to correct position. Then there you go, exactly, exactly. So then, what are you going to do? How is that submissive and their energy and the energy of the scene? How is the most effective way for you to continue maneuvering that energy? So, I personally, if if I have that out and I'm beating an ass and they're kind of pushing back a little. I know they can take it. I know they like it, but they're kind of pushing back a little bit, trying to hide their booty. Then that might be an opportunity for me to use more force, like literally lay on them, move them, shove them back, correct them. Maybe at that time we stop all together and we command them to kneel and we pull them by their hair and make them look up at us and correct position and, and address behavior. But the key here, Huxley, is going to be letting yourself feel 
emotionally without it crossing the line into a sexual realm. And that can be tricky. That can be really tricky because you are opening yourself up to a lot of emotions, but they can't cross the line and get too intense where you like lose all, you know, you, you just see what I'm saying? Like we can't let it cross the line, but part of you being really effective here is allowing yourself the freedom to feel and respond in that feeling. If he's whimpering, like let's say you've used a, um, let's say you used a, a horse whip or riding crop on him before, and you know he likes it because he's a masochist. But today maybe he didn't get triggered all the way to a ten, and maybe he's only at like a level six on his neediness, and so you get out that riding crop and he's not doing anything. He's not giving you anything. He's not moving. He's not fussing. He's not doing anything. And he's giving you no reaction as a defiant, is this all you got? Then what are you going to do? How are you going to handle that? But the submissive, if you're aware, the submissive will give you the next cue. And then all you have to do is respond in a super powerful way to it. Like, let's say you have him He's, he's um, you know, not feeling super masochistic one day, but subby and, like, just wanting connection. Maybe he just got some really devastating news or bad news or something. He's just kind of feeling down. Maybe that would be the day to task some domestic chores, inspect the chores, and then when the chores are complete, maybe... Invite him onto your lap for an, for a loving, cathartic, over-the-knee spanking as a reward. So even though it's impact play, impact play, and if you haven't watched my videos on the different types of impact play, check it out because there are, there are various ways to beat an ass and get completely different results. So I would say look into that. We, it, you're, you're very versed in, in the role play and the sexual elements. But maybe just do a little bit of digging on what are the types of impact play? Because you have cathartic spanking, you have punishment spanking, you have role play spanking. I mean, you have all kinds of different forms of impact play that all serve a different purpose. And the most effective thing I found as a dominant is to meet the submissive where they're at emotionally. That's why I personally don't love the idea of maintenance, anything, maintenance kink, maintenance spankings, because it becomes a rote entitlement. And part of the power gap that we're looking for, especially with a highly masochistic, high-powered switch needs to get out of their head is novelty, is unpredictability, is when they can't think or plan their way into or out of something, it automatically increases that power gap. Is this, is this making any sense, Huxley? It is. It, it's, it's almost becoming more self-aware yes. of my dominant tendencies in those role-play sex scenes and really 
controlling myself more Mm -hmm. and allowing myself to tap into way more on the emotional side and the feeling side and kind of set the pace a little bit more. And again, like I feel like in those kink sex scenes, yes, I always have one foot in reality, but I feel like I have a stronger foot in the scene mm-hmm. versus something like this. I feel like I have to have way more of a, a foot in reality and like a, a lot more control of myself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Something like this to like prevent myself from going too far, but also to be in the game with him mm-hmm. to be that one step ahead. Yes, absolutely. I think you are summing it up perfectly. This is going to be a great growth opportunity for you to learn more presence, more self-awareness, more self-control, more emotional regulation. And these are all very high value, but often underrated soft skills for dominance to have soft skills, meaning not like the hard, you know, kink skills, like how to flog and all that kind of shit. But this is incredibly, incredibly powerful, what you're saying. And so to that point, I would just encourage you that there is no shame if, because there is a level of dominant arousal that's going to happen. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but I got my start, like I knew from the time I was like 13 years old that I was highly dominant. But I was a personal trainer in my early 20s and that's when I first really started flexing my dominant muscles and how it happened was I would get so intense with my clients in a scene and just break their bodies down I would get such a rush such a sadistic rush inflicting this physical distress on my personal training clients to the point where I'd have them you know sweating and can hardly breathe and there's sweat pouring off of them on the treadmill and they want to hold on to the side of the treadmill and I'd smack their hands off the treadmill. Get your fucking hands off my treadmill. Like, well, it does it doesn't it doesn't actually like do anything. And I say, if it doesn't do anything, then you don't need to touch my fucking treadmill. And this is how I started. And at one point, and I am like, I am I love men. Okay. Like, hmm. Mm-mm-mm. I think y'all are fine. Okay. So there wasn't this, like, this, any sort of sexual, what? Until I was a dominant and I was like, am I turned on right now? Like, mm-hmm. am, am I attracted to women and turned on right now? Because I was exclusively training women. And that's when I firsthand understood that in BDSM, there are multiple facets of arousal. And the great, in my opinion, the greatest dominance can delineate what arousal am I feeling right now? Am I feeling dominant arousal? Am I feeling kink arousal? Or am I feeling sexual arousal? So you are going to feel aroused. There is going to be this, like this delicious rush that you're going to feel. But this is going to give you the opportunity to put vocabulary to it. It's going to give you the opportunity to go, wait, I can feel this dominant, powerful, like energy and rush and oh, it's very arousing, but it doesn't 
necessarily mean I'm sexually aroused. And that was what I found with me. I didn't want to fuck anyone. But, oh my goodness, it was nice. And so maybe this is going to give you the opportunity to level up and really expand your capacity as a dominant, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Yeah, because even chatting with him as we've been negotiating, he's even having a hard time. He's like, how do I be in service of you without servicing you? Wink, right. wink. Right, exactly, exactly. And if the two of you at some point mutually determine that opening up the door to the sexual realm would be mutually beneficial, then the two of you can renegotiate. But when he's asking that question, that to me is a very respectful, playfully so, but respectful way of asking for your boundaries. And so you as the dominant, it is your responsibility to make your boundaries very, very clear. And so if he's already going, wait, how is this going to happen? Then you as the dominant need to set the rule. If you try to get sexual with me, you will be punished. So that he can have that peace of mind. So in order for you to do that, you have to have that resolute standard for yourself as well. And to that, there's no shame in getting aroused sexually and communicating that to the submissive. Like, you can literally, without going into detail about it, you can go, all right, I'm going to put you in a timeout for about 20 minutes because I need to go process things. <laughs> 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 right? Like. <laughs> That is that then is he needs to go in the other room and pray for a second. Exactly, right? And so that's that's the thing. He can wait for you and that's one of the most dominant things you can do is be authentic and honest about what you're feeling and then advocating for that. And so if you are, you know, if he's doing an over the knee spanking and there's intimacy there and there's a lot of intense feelings and he's like whimpering and moaning and you're like oh fuck my life then wrap up the spanking put him in a timeout you know some sort of bondage or something sit him in a chair and blindfold him and make him listen to i don't know music or your voice i don't know but whatever it is you can advocate for yourself and you should advocate for yourself as a dominant and the more you do the more of a power gap you're going to create does that make sense? It does. It does. Very helpful to me. Thank you. Good. Good. Okay. So did I tackle your question or you still have some things that you're processing? Because we can say as long as you need, my friend. I know you got bars to tend, but I'm here for you as long as you need. Yeah, I think I'm good for tonight. Okay. I think I need to now sit and process on my own. Mm-hmm. And really start to reflect and, and journal some things out yeah. and the way that i am always the best in my scenes is through preparation and i have to consider these play dates need and require just as much if not more sometimes preparation and negotiation going into them to really focus on my communications and my feelings mm -hmm. 
and understanding what are my, where are my, you know, where are my boundaries, but also where are my exits? Yes. I'm learning how to ride a motorcycle now too. So I'm always like, now I'm in the mindset of like, where's my exit? Where's my exit? Where's my exit? Yes. Right. All the time. And so that also like when this happens, what do I do? So just like kind of like working with myself Mm -hmm. to go through those scenarios. Yes. That's right, Laura. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of internal work. It absolutely is. But I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head and I would just, as just my final point of encouragement for you is there is no, if you guys have negotiated and he comes over or you go to his place or whatever, and there's a, there's some play happening and something goes wrong in your mind you know you planned you prepped but this is still new territory there's nothing that you can face in a scene as a dominant that has the power to be more powerful than you there's nothing you will face in a scene as a dominant that has the power to be more powerful than you and so if something goes not according to plan you still have the power as the dominant to then prove you're being given an opportunity to prove to that submissive that you are safe, that you are in control, and that things don't have to go perfectly for you to be safe for that submissive. And that's going to be a huge part of the release for them mentally. So I get that you, you're a planner, and I love that about you, and absolutely plan script it out in your head a little bit, do your homework, absolutely. But a lot of these things, Huxley, you're stepping into more organic emotional territory that you will be unable to plan sometimes. And I know you hate that I just said that. Okay. Um, Improv, not my greatest skill. Yes, yes, (laughs) sir. That's right. That's right. I'm an if-thener, not a (laughs) yes-ender. So yeah, improv. Uh-huh. You're gonna have to plan for no plan. Love that slub boy. Plan for no plan. Plan for no plan. Can I hear that quote one more time? Cause like, yes. So what how did I say it? There's nothing that you can face in a scene as a dominant that has the power to be more powerful than you. Even a lack of a plan, Huxley. Like really, the magic is going to be watching that submissive and responding organically in the moment with that submissive. It's like, it's like what they tell you, at least what they told me when I was learning piano, like you have to learn all the technical skills and you just drill it in your head and then you're supposed to forget all of it and just let the music flow through you. That's how I kind of want you to approach this. Do your homework, plan, 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 plan. And have that plan. Like if I, like if if I need a helper in this play that we're being spontaneous with I have my backup plan but the goal is watching that submissive reading that submissive are they whimpering are they moaning are they crying are they screaming all of these are they twitching are they shaking are they completely still are they are their legs locked tight 
Are there goosebumps on their flesh? Like all of these tiny little details will tell you what your next move should be. And there's no way of preemptively predicting that. <laughs> did you not like that answer? <laughs> I did. Um, it's... The sigh. I know, Laura, the sigh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's my challenge, right, to grow into my dominance, to exactly what you were just describing. I don't know that I always am that aware of. Mm, all right. And I think that's where I have the most opportunity to stop, mm -hmm. listen, observe what is happening, and take my time in, in what my next move is. Yes. So a lot of the times I end up, you know, especially with it, when it is a, a kinky role play sexual scene, like I just. I fly through the little stuff and we just get right to the good stuff. Right. <laughs> right. But then it's like, but the little stuff is good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's about slowing down and appreciating it and and observing it and learning through those smaller moments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And those smaller moments are going to give you a lot of indication about yourself and your needs at the moment too, which like I was saying earlier, the, the more you can advocate for what you want and what you need as a dominant in the moment, the more of a power gap you're going to create. So, you know, if, if your plan was, you know, ABC and then you're spanking and the submissive starts doing a cute little whimper and you're just like losing it as a dominant going, oh my gosh, I want to like change up my toy and I hadn't planned on doing that. Like that's when you go, okay, get on your knees. We're taking a break for a moment. And if they ask questions and you want to indulge them, you can. Well, wait, why, why did I do anything? You did nothing wrong. I just got a delicious new plan for you. Like, you don't have to stick with your plan. Right. You can do whatever the fuck you want in the moment. That is the power of a safe word for the dominant. Unless you hear that, you can change things up. You can do whatever the fuck you want. That's right. So this is yeah, your territory. And giving myself the permission to go off script and saying, that's okay. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. And what Laura is saying right now, too, that you have a lot of practice in puppies as a handler, but this sub is learning and quite malleable. So this is an opportunity to, like, expand your skill set a little bit and the great thing about this dynamic is that the submissive wants to do that same thing so look for opportunities like think about what would make things easier for you what would bring you more joy what would free up time for you what would make you feel honored what would make you feel powerful and task your submissive to do those things absolutely that's you know i started this off by saying like you came over and shined my my beautiful new leather boots. Mm -hmm. Like that was a huge like. I got to relax and check email. Exactly. Exactly. While getting a nice boot massage, that was excellent. Exactly. So tap into that. Like, self advocacy is not selfishness. 
And I hate that the two are often conflated, but self-advocacy is not selfishness. And this submissive is looking to you as a dominant to advocate for your desires because he wants the opportunity to meet those desires. Isn't that nice? That's nice. It's nice. There's a lot of like accepting help, mm. not the easiest thing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Identifying what those things are mm-hmm. and letting go of control. But yes. in a way, it's like by me letting go of control, I'm actually controlling the situation. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, he's picking up. He's picking it up. And like, if I like my laundry folded a certain way, like I have to give up control and say somebody else is going to do this. But I'm also controlling the situation where if it's not done the way that I want it done. There it is. Yeah. Then you fucking okay. throw it on the floor <laughs> and make him crawl around and pick every article of clothing up by his teeth. You see, it, it just it just comes so naturally to me after all these years. I'm, you know? So, but, but that's the thing, like, if you get mad about something, and this is something that I really work with with my female doms a lot more than my male doms, is, like, feeling feelings and being dominant out of those feelings. Like, if you task him to do laundry, like, I'm just putting myself in this situation. If I task this him to do laundry and I took the time to show you this is how my towels are folded, this is what is not folded, this is what is hanged up all of this and then the submissive did it how they wanted anyway oh (laughs) it it would it would it would bring up so much emotion in me that i'd make a scene just right then and there so that's that's the encouragement i'm trying to give to you as well this when i say it is your territory it is your territory own it and the more you own it the more blissed out that submissive is going to be submissives can i get a yes ma'am can i get an amen if you agree but is is this making sense huxley absolutely awesome i feel more confident than i did at the beginning of this i appreciate you good awesome well i love and appreciate you so much huxley and i wish you all the best with your awesome new submissive please keep us updated and uh, go make some delicious drinks, honey. All right. Thank All right. You. You're welcome. You're welcome, my friend. Everyone give it up for Huxley. We love Huxley. All right. So good, right? So good. We are starting off strong with that question. Love that. Did anyone else get anything good out of that? I know we kind of have a mixed bunch up in the house tonight. We got we got a few doms, we got a few subs. Yes. Oh, uh, it was an intense one. Oh, Huxley. Well, we love and appreciate you so much. Thanks for sticking with me, even though it was a little intense. I appreciate you so much. Your trust. That's so beautiful. Yes. We're all learning lessons tonight. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. 